Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. And we're back here for the final segment of this Wednesday edition of Inside Black and Gold. I'm here, Jeff Nowak, WWL Digital Sports Producer, alongside Mike Haas, Voice of the Saints, filling in for Steve Geller. Uh, send Steve your your well wishes. He's not feeling great. Yeah, get better, Steve. And uh, if any Game of the Saints week, come baby. down with an Tampa. illness this week, come on. we're not to blame. <laughs> but, yeah, this I think this segment we can talk a lot more about the defense because I think more so than the offense – which you struggled mightily on the offensive line, I think, in terms of communication, in terms of, you know, execution. I am more worried about the defense than I am the offense. Be- just because we have seen this movie over and over again when you face teams with mobile quarterbacks who run RPO zone read schemes, and they just have not been able to stop it. And, you know, when it was Jalen Hurts, you could say, okay, maybe it's just a Jalen Hurts thing. Maybe they just can't figure it out, and he's just really good in those matchups. But, I mean, we saw the exact same thing play out against Marcus Mariota, and 
for a team that's going to have to play the Ravens, the Cardinals, you know, with Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, you know, Joe Burrow is going to do a lot of the same stuff. Deshaun Watson, if he ends up being on that team in week 16, week 17, whatever week that is, you know, you, you're going to have to figure something out in these matchups. And right now it's, it's a concern. I agree. Just stopping the run in general, the 201 yards and set up initially maybe by the RPO, but then it was just Patterson up, up the middle, just, just gaping holes. And we talked about this at camp and that the Saints have would, would be such, you know, with the defensive ends that they have and the, the depth would be such great pass rushers. Well, that's only good if you can get them in third down, third and eight, third and seven. If it's third and two or they get the first down on second down, it's not as big of an issue. Now, you know, they're without two of their defensive tackles on IR, uh, Roach and, and Huggins. But when the thing to me that stood out the most is that you knew when you can't stop a team that you know is going to run, like you know they're going to give it to Patterson of the middle and you still don't stop it, that, I mean, that's, that's some issues. Well, that, that drive that he finished off with a touchdown where – you know, he, I mean, he drove, he drove through DeMario Davis and Pete Werner. They both got him short of the goal line and he plowed through him. But I, I honestly, I thought the defensive tackles were not the biggest issue. I didn't think they were terrible. Christian Ringo also got some reps, which yeah. I thought he was solid, but I, it's the ends that have a really hard time. And here you have a clip here that, that I can go through and you're not going to see this on the podcast. So I'll describe it. So you have this zone read here. So what the Falcons did really well is, you know, they don't just have the kind of the read option. They also make you make a decision on top of that because you have the fullback coming through. And so Cam is the read defender. He's unblocked, right. but he has to sit back and decide whether he's going to go over or under the arc block. Right. And it's a really good scheme because you don't have a choice. You can't plow through him. You have to go one way or the other. So whatever he decides to do, if he goes over the top, or if he tries to squeeze under, you're going the opposite way. And so what he tries to do at this point, because Marcus Mariota has been getting to the edge, he goes outside the arc block. So you give it to Cordero Patterson, you double team, you know, the defensive tackle on that side. And he has this gaping hole to run through. And, you know, I think that that's a scheme that's going to work against a lot of teams, but you just, you know, it's coming and you just have to find a way. You have to have like a linebacker scraping over, and they just weren't able to do it. And I also think to some extent it runs the defensive ends ragged. So in the second half, yeah, you just don't have any wind left. And I think that's what you saw a lot of in that third quarter where they just they just looked tired. They got blocked. That's what Dennis Allen said. Like, they blocked us, you know? Um, they played better than we did. And I think that, you know, you're going to have to find a way to, to make an impact there. And I don't know. I just think it's not pretty what we're seeing. Well, when you get beyond the tackles, not defensive tackles, but so the defense combined had, what, 65 tackles, and then you continued on the stat page to the right. It's almost non-existent until you get to the fumbles, right? So they had two tackles for a loss, one quarterback hit, no picks, two passes defensed. I mean, they're, they're, you know, that's, those are the stats beyond the tackles where this team has, has, has fared well, sacks and pressures quarterback hits and passes defense non-existent other than tackles. They had a lot of them because Falcons ran it a lot because they had so much success. So it was, it was, that was disheartening 
certainly from a fan standpoint, just the inability to stop the run when you knew they were going to run it. Kind of, you know, we're going to, I'm going to flip briefly. When Taysom Hill comes in on a third and four and he's the quarterback, I started to say power QB right before he even got the ball. And I'm mm-hmm. like, how does Atlanta not know he's running QB power right? How do they not, uh, how can they not stop that? I mean, you know what he's going to do. It was great blocking. And so, but it was great. You knew what was coming. And then my question, I asked Pete Comer, like, why don't we see that play 20 more times until we see Atlanta stop it? Like, we didn't really see it. I don't think we saw it again. We ran they, they, this, other, they ran other a than this drive. Yeah, they ran one more. They did run one more, I think. It was later in the game. I think it was in the third quarter. But so my counter to that would be, you know, it's really tough to get into a rhythm when you're not on the field. And at this point in the game, Jameis was not in a rhythm. He was not in a rhythm with Mike. He was not in a rhythm with, with Jarvis at that point. And you're not going to get into that rhythm standing on the sidelines. And you know you're going to have you're going to need him at some point. And I think that's when you're trying to make that decision, that's what makes it difficult is how many how much are we going to keep Jameis out of the action? And is that at a certain point, I think you have to get to the to the level of, yeah, he's not going to be engaged. He's not going to feel like he's in a rhythm if he's coming off the field. So in this QB power, I believe that's Jameis at the top, that 57-yard run, which was the longest run, I think, in since 2017 for the Saints. But, yeah, I, I think one thing that stands out about that run is you go back and watch it, and Andrews Pete does right. what he does best, which – I think a lot of people overlook this when you're when you're a guard for the Saints, you have to pull. You have to be able to pull a lot, and he does that as well as anybody. And a lot of people say, "Well, why? Why did they keep bringing Pete back? Why is he around?" That's a big part of why. Right. I always I thought that when you see it in slow motion, you wonder if he was going to get flagged for holding just because of the way he kind of wrapped him. Right. He yeah. didn't, but the, he, it's, when you look at it in slow motion, I just when I saw Taysom, I'm almost positive I saw Taysom on the field for the second two-point conversion. I'm like, they haven't stopped it. This, this is, you know, this is this should be Taysom power right or just whatever. Or just at least use him as a decoy. I just didn't understand that whole sequence. Like so, that was the yeah. most befuddling call. Deuce and I were like, what? It happened so fast, and then Trotman's called for motion or, or not being set. Anyway. Yeah, that was a that was an I didn't like that play call at all. What I would say in terms of Taysom is I think what you're trying to do with Taysom is you want to get them in a certain look, right? And if when you put you have him in the personnel and you want to force them to react, and as long as they're reacting, having him in the personnel at all is an advantage. If they stop reacting, then you hit him again with it. Um, and I think. That's probably what, you know, if I, I can go back at the film and watch it, I think whenever he was on the field, you had a heavier formation and you you were gearing up for QB power. And when it didn't happen, you were at a disadvantage, right? I think that's what the Saints want to do is they want to always be playing from ahead. And as long as you're reacting to Taysom being on the field, we're going to go the other way. That would be my kind of my, my justification for why you didn't see it again. I'm sorry, but wasn't oh, no, Troutman and Mark Ingram both involved in the Tennessee Titans two-point conversion, almost similar type. There was a not either mm-hmm. not shit illegal motion or something. I just remember both. I just remember that two-point conversion. Where I remember Ingram and I remember Troutman being involved. 
Well, Ingram was successful. the target. He was the pass target, right? Yeah, that was Trevor right. Simeon in that game. I don't know. I can't envision the play, but it wasn't a run. But yeah, and Troutman was the guy who got called for the false start, I believe, right. um, on that play. Anyway, so means nothing, just for some reason it clicked in my head. That's the way my wacky brain works. Well, I thought what was interesting is you didn't see Troutman much at all, and Vanette was inactive. Right. So if you if you wanted a ringing endorsement for Jawan Johnson, you got it. I I agree, and I, and I think, but I'm I, to me, you have two camps. You have a you have a Jawan camp and a non-Jawan camp, and I've always been in the Jawan camp, and so it was, you know, even Deuce mentioned earlier, like he's not your target often this early in this game. He's not the guy, but he and I have not I just from from reading articles and what people are saying that he also had a great job from a blocking standpoint. I just feel like he has skills from a former wide receiver that you can't teach most tight ends. Well, yeah. And, and that's what, you know, you're, it's a lot easier to get him on the field if you trust him in the blocking game. And, you know, I, I think you, that's a message to Adam Trout. You know, he's not going to walk into that role. You have Taysom and Juwan there. And, you know, I think he only played like 25 snaps. My question would be, you know, was the blocking what you wanted? Because it wasn't great, <laughs> so if I think you might revisit that, I almost wonder if if you would rather have Vanette than Troutman. I mean, if you're not throwing to Troutman, Vanette's a better blocker. So what what is Troutman providing? You know, that's that's my question. But they said they seem very. I said that in camp. They they seem like the same guy. They run the same. They were running at that point the same tight end screens, same type of plays uh, from a catching standpoint so i i kind of agree like they're, they're they seem so similar in their in their play but it makes sense if you know you why you would have one inactive in that in that circumstance but okay getting back to the defense because i did promise we were going to talk more about the defense oh, no. i do want to talk one guy i want to talk about is is justin evans and i asked dennis about this yesterday kind of what he felt because when i asked him earlier in the offseason he said you know, this isn't going to be a situation where you just pick one guy and say he's the slot DB now, right? They're going to adjust it week by week and based on the matchups. And, you know, in this matchup, you felt comfortable with Justin Evans. Um, yeah, well, in this particular game, there wasn't a lot of rotation in there. You know, I think P.J. got in for a few plays in that in that spot. I thought as the game wore on, I thought I thought Justin did a nice job. And so, look, we'll we'll. We'll uh, we'll take a look at at, uh, at what Tampa's doing, find out what the best matchups for us are, and we'll have a plan for them. So I think Justin played like 55 snaps. I think he only allowed one catch. You know, he was lining up against tight ends, running backs in the slot, all these guys, and I thought he held up about as well as you could have hoped. And for a team that is suddenly trying to replace a guy who, you know, you went through the entire offseason, think he was going to be a major piece of this defense in C.J. Gardner-Johnson. I think you have to be really encouraged with what you saw in Justin Evans. And the fact that he's one of those guys, to me, that played his way onto this football team. He wasn't given anything. He earned his way onto the football team prior to the C.J. situation. And he's just a physical guy who made the pick in preseason. He plays hard, plays bigger than his, his size. He's not a rookie. He's got four years in his fourth year I, I agree I think I, I felt even during the preseason that this was a guy who, who could come in and help you just because of his physical play yeah he's he did a really good job of you know IDing the run so when you're a slot corner you have a few responsibilities that make it difficult to play right 
you have to be a primary run support player on a lot of, you know, the backside run plays where there's no weak side linebacker, right? You are the weak side linebacker when you are a nickel corner. You're taking a guy like Zach Bond, like Caden Ellis off the field, and you are putting someone there who is better in coverage. But they can still run at you. You know, they, they can still run to the weak side, and you have to be able to hold up against Cordero Patterson, against Derrick Henry. You have to be able to make those tackles. So you have to be a strong tackler, a a willing tackler, and not every cornerback in the league or every defensive back in the league you're going to say that about. Um, and I, you could say that about CJ. I think Justin is showing you you could say that about him. And But that's only half the equation. You also have to be able to cover. You have to be able to match up with tight ends, with running backs, with you know all these speedy slot receivers. One guy you're probably not going to see next week, which I think is a big uh, advantage for the Saints, is Chris Godwin, a guy who CJ out. struggled to cover in that matchup last year before he got hurt. And so, you know, it makes it, it it makes that a little easier. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see Chris Godwin. I'm sorry, Justin Evans in that spot again. And, you know, I, I you have to feel good for the guy. You know, he was a second round draft pick and he missed two years with injuries. You know, his his career was derailed. So it's good to see him, you know, like you said, play his way onto the roster and get an opportunity. Yeah. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised down the road. You find out that one of the reasons you were comfortable trading CJ or you felt like, you know, you can get away with trading CJ and is you felt comfortable getting him up there. And I think we saw through week one that, that that's the case. And hopefully that continues. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. I agree. Now he had two passes defense. He had one of them. He's just a big physical guy, you know, and, and, and I, you know, he's hungry. Like you say, he missed those two years. You get guys like that, and they just, they just like CJ, you know, just put put their whole body and heart into it. So I'm I'm eager to see more of what he can do. Yeah, and he's a Texas A&M guy, and when it comes mm-hmm. to Dennis Allen, that never hurts. Doesn't hurt. Doesn't it never <laughs> hurts. <laughs> yeah, like a, half the coaching staff went to Texas A&M, right? Texas A&M and Ohio State players and Texas A&M staff. And he just gave Eric McCoy the bag, another Texas A&M guy. It's all it's all coming back. Ohio yeah, State right. is is the thing of the past. This is going to be a Texas A&M team. <laughs> you know, going going forward, kind of shifting a bit. Feel it feels weird to say this, but a matchup with Tom Brady is almost feels like it's what this defense needs. Uh, which it's bizarre to ever say that, right? But just for kind of a shot in the arm, just confidence after getting run ragged in this game, I almost feel like being able to just go after a guy in the pocket and just tee a off. pocket passer. Right. You know where he's going to be. Yeah, right. You have a target and you're going to go get him. And I think that for this team, you know, just to build confidence and build steam, especially on the defensive line, I almost feel like that's that's a very convenient time to face Tom Brady if that time, if that's such a thing exists. I agree, but I you have to. You can only take shots at Brady if you're able to stop Fournette. You know, running the ball. If he runs the ball like he did against Dallas, and usually Fournette has hurt the Saints maybe more in the air, little short passes, little swing routes, little screens. But man, he ran the ball so well Sunday night. Uh, it was it was impressive. But that to me, you got to be able to stop the run, or you're not going to get him in these third and six and eight and ten where you can really go after Brady, other than just. Blitzing him on obvious pass situations. So 
Yeah, yeah, and I thought again, I, I thought the interior rush actually handled things pretty well. One one uh, formation or one personnel grouping that I saw in there that I found intriguing was you had Kentavious Street, Shy Tuttle, David Onyemata, and then Cam Jordan from left to right, and then you had Marcus Davenport as like a stand-up rusher. That was in the first play of the second quarter, I think. It was like a third and one. And they got it by like a half inch. But I have a feeling like that's going to be your your big bodied, your 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 beef uh, defensive line. And, you know, I, I, I've, I do think that Fournette poses a problem, but it's the type of problem this team is built to handle. The playoff matchup is the one you look at as the game he really kind of ate their lunch in. But the other matchups... I don't think he's been that much yeah. of an issue at all. I think he had nine rushing yards in that 38 to three beat down. I don't know what he did in the nine, nothing game last year, but again, I just think like whether he, whether you struggle to stop him or not, it's the type of matchup that you feel good about. I agree. There's nobody. You take Goblin out and they have Leonard Fournette, Keyshawn Vaughn, Giovanni Bernard and Rashad white, who was the draft pick this year. I assume Scotty Miller will move into Chris Goblin's situation and Russell Gage, you know, Julio Jones, no matter where he goes, we play him. Uh, and he, he looked, he looked to me Sunday night, like uh, Cordell Patterson did earlier in the day to me, Patterson prior to this year looked frumpy. He didn't look fast. He didn't look quick, but man on Sunday, he looked, amazingly fast and amazingly quick out of the break and amazingly. And I thought the same thing about Julio. I thought Julio last year was kind of, you know, just didn't feel like his heart was in it. It looked like a different person on Sunday night against Dallas. He ran the ball twice. Yeah. You don't see that from him much, but yeah, to, to kind of illustrate that, how it broke down, Leonard Fournette, 21 carries Rashad white, six carries. Um, Then, you know, a couple of guys got one carry Julio got two. So I, I mean that's that's going to be your your most likely kind of you know, you're going to see a heavy dose of Leonard Fournette. I think that he's going to be used more in the passing game than he was last week against the Cowboys. It's also tough because you can't really glean too much from that tape because the Cowboys didn't put up a fight and they lost their quarterback. You know, so I don't want to assume tendencies in week two, but yeah, I think this is going to be a, a game where you have to because I assume I'm, I'm assuming. But I do not feel like Paulson Adebo is going to be back this week. Maybe he, maybe he is. I think they are being I, uber I careful so. with an ankle injury after what you saw with Mike Thomas and the fact that you, you know, it's a long season. You want him at the end of it, but that's going to be a tough matchup for Bradley Roby. And if if you struggle in that game, I think that's where you're going to struggle. Is across from Marshawn. Marshawn's probably going to match up with Mike Evans as he always does, and. If they can beat up Bradley Roby on the opposite side, you're gonna they, they're gonna have a good chance in that game. Well, I mean, at least from Bradley's standpoint, you know what's coming, right? <laughs> you, you know, it's just like it was last week. They're coming at you. They're not going to Marshawn. I think Marshawn, when Marshawn was on Pitts and Drake London, at one catch combined for six yards. So it's it's going to be that op corner who's going to get and the op corner. You know, when you look at. Tampa now, I mean, they're tight ends, Kyle Rudolph, Cameron Bray, and two rookies. And other than Leonard Fournette, I mean, it's their wide receivers. I mean, it's that that's 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 the strength of this team. I mean, beyond Mike Evans, you know, who's gonna be uh, is it gonna be Julio? 
I think if you know Darden plays sparingly, I think Julio is going to be the guy. I agree, and uh, I, I I put this Bradley Roby interceptions package together last week, and uh, so let's a good way to close this out will be uh, watching a a great interception of Tom Brady by Bradley Roby. Boom. But he got nine. He's got nine career. Eleven. Nine, Eleven career. He reminds me a lot of Jack Rabbit. I think that's probably why you brought him in. And he, the, there's an interception here against Jameis that is almost identical to the interception by Jack Rabbit against the Bucks in 2020. Pick six. Yeah, and they run the speed out, and he yeah. just undercuts it and goes in. <laughs> it's like if you didn't know any better, you would think this was Jack Rabbit running wow. this because it's the like identical. Uh, that, ball had a lot, that ball had a lot of air under it. I tell you, I don't think Jameis would would want to see. And that's a lot of air. Yeah, is that Scott? I think it might be Scotty Miller. Is the same guy the they ten? targeted. It yeah. wouldn't surprise me at all if this was the tape <laughs> that Jack Rabbit saw, where he was like, "Oh, they're all running the speed out. And I'm going to jump it because it looked identical." And he just yep. jumped on the sideline. But anyway, you know, I, I think it's if this matchup would feel, you know, kind of the comfortable circle here. This matchup with the Bucks would feel a whole lot different if you had dropped that Falcons game. So, <laughs> you know, you feel like even uh, this was the game I, I projected four and one in the first five weeks of the season. This is the game that I think, you know, this might be a Tom Brady just comes in and says like, okay, enough of this, you know, <laughs> I'm tired of this storyline. Right. And, uh, and so if you drop this, I think you're still comfortable um, in, in the fact that I think you need to start well and be four and one and close at probably four and two, four and three. Um, and so because you were able to steal that game from the Falcons, you feel better about it. Um, but you know, if they can, if they can get out to a two and up start in this season, you know, with, without Paulson Adebo and, but otherwise pretty healthy, I think you start to feel really good about their chances, uh, down the, down the road. I, I would a hundred percent agree. Other than the fact that this team needs to find a way to start winning at home, right? I mean, they did not win at home in the months of November and December. That's, I mean, their their home record has just been struggles street for two years, three years. Yeah. Great on, thank God they're great on the road, but it's time to kind of get some home wins. Yeah. And that was a big issue last year. And that's ultimately what kept them out of the playoffs. And if you want to pick one game, Giants week four. Um, this Falcons game felt a lot like that Giants game. They managed, and the Saints were on the Giants side of it. Uh, all right. <laughs> but all right, I think that's where we can wrap it up. Again, I'm Jeff Nowak sitting here with Mike Haas, voice of the Saints. You can follow him at Mike Haas.com on Twitter. That's C O M M. Thanks so much, Mike, for filling in for Steve today. Hopefully, we can get Steve back for the final pot of the week. But yeah, I think this was a lot of fun. I appreciate you coming on. Anytime. Steve, get better and let's go. Go go Saints on Sunday. 2-0 sounds good. <laughs>